0: This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to my patrons. They make this podcast possible and also very fun to do because we are able to interact on a private discord where we can talk, discuss topics, and just in general help each other collect the things that we want. So thank you so much to everyone who participates there. I couldn't appreciate you more. This episode is also brought to you by myself, If you haven't already heard, I've been working on a passion project called Cardfolio. It's going to be an app that'll let you scan your cards onto your phone and add them to your virtual binder. Your virtual binder allows you to keep track of not only what you own, but you'll also be able to keep track of what you need. Are you chasing a shadowless master set? If so, Cardfolio will be able to help you keep track of your progress towards your goal so that it makes it easier to achieve it. Cardfolio doesn't just catalog your collection and manage your collecting goals. It will also allow you to see your collection like an actual investment portfolio. This means you'll be able to see how much your collection is worth, how that value has changed over time, and how your collection value breaks down by item type. For example, how much do you have in raw cards versus slab cards versus sealed items? If all of this sounds like an app you would like to download, then join my early access waiting list. I'll keep you updated with app progress, mockups, and when it's available, early beta access. So it'll be fun and it'll be great. The link for the early access waiting list will be in the description below. So go ahead and sign up if that's something that you're interested in. Hello everyone and welcome to the geeked out collecting podcast where we learn how to collect like damn freaking adults. I am your host Jess and thank you so much for being here with me today. Now first before we get started (laughs) I owe you guys an apology. This episode is a little late and that's completely my fault. Burnout hit me like a brick on Thursday so I had to give myself a few days but I'm finally here to release this last episode from this season, season three. What I'm going to do for a moment is honestly just sit back and reflect a little bit because I just finished season three and honestly, part of me can't really believe it. I mean, when I started this podcast, I didn't necessarily have an end goal in mind other than to meet cool people and learn from them. Truly, that's as far into the future as I thought of this whole project and come three seasons later with 64 episodes, this podcast has almost exceeded every expectation and I couldn't be happier. So I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you to everyone who has been with me this far. I don't know what I would do without you. Part of me finds it so crazy that so many people like to sit down and listen to the things that I say it's really humbling and I honestly can't really explain it all I know is just it means a lot to me that you spend your time listening and reaching out I really appreciate and love how I have made so many truly wonderful friendships with listeners so it's really amazing and again thank you thank you thank you thank you so much so 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 much so Anyways, getting to today's episode, I had a wonderful conversation with Mason from Cards and All Gaming. So listen, enjoy, and I will be back come January 2022 with season four. So thank y'all and enjoy
1: that you're going to make maybe 110 so you you have to free up that money and it has to move because it's a time bomb you have so much time before it you know is immovable at that point you know and i'm not talking about oh if i wait hold it for five years oh it's going to go up in price Uh, that's five years that my 80 dollars have to sit in every single one of those boxes i can do so much more with that money if i just get it out of it and keep it moving yeah. I can use that same $80 five times over to buy product if I had it freed up. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of things where people don't understand either. Where it's just like, well, if you have all these boxes, why don't you sit on them? That's not how this works.
0: It costs you money.
1: I can't pay my employees in diglets, <laughs> they don't want that.
0: Or unrealized paper gains. Right. Like- Correct. It it actually really reminds me of a dealership because um, like a, you know, a dealership needs to continuously be churning cars. And as a card ages on a lot, you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days to have a car and not have sold it, that's that's significant, (laughs) Um, you know, so like velocity of movement is super important, probably to any business, but especially with you.
1: Definitely, yeah. yeah. You are a, you know, game stores are very much a, a popular culture, are you know, a hobby store. Uh, hobbies change, things rotate, things get updated, renewed. You know how much Games Workshop product I've had to throw away because they've updated the books or the models?
2: Oh no! <laughs> I've lost money on them, and yeah. that's
1: another thing that is very expensive for me to carry. I don't, only make maybe 10 15 percent profit on them sometimes. Mm, really? I mean, throw books away that are absolutely worthless because they changed a couple things in a book and updated it
0: yeah that, that is it. so unfortunate going back to your point they make those things not thinking of your livelihood
1: no but they make them thinking of their livelihood <laughs> and yeah they gotta keep you buying those books and pokemon has to keep you buying packs or else what are we doing what's the point
0: Mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, when it comes to, you know, having to churn product, have you thought about doing the Rudy model with Patreon?
1: A lot of people ask me that question. I'm just...
0: Damn it, I asked a common question.
1: No, no, you didn't. It's it's people that ask me that personally and not... Oh, okay. I've never made a video about it at all. Um, I've talked about him, his Patreon and why it exists and how he does it to do the high turnover stuff, but... Mm -hmm. I would much rather make $50 on 100 boxes than make $5 on 10,000 boxes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not the the labor, the the amount of effort that it takes to turn that amount of product that he does. You have to have an army of people.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know how he does it. He must have. He used to say that he he didn't trust anybody. Yeah. He used to say. I don't trust anybody and it's only my close family there's no way there's no way this man's shipping ten hundred or ten thousand booster boxes there's no way there's just no way he's doing it by himself with a small family i don't believe so for him to be able to do that stuff it's that's all you're doing and there's so much time into that it's it's, that is your business model you can't do both (laughs) yeah because you'll just be shipping constantly all day long on new release days on i know we could spend days shipping and packaging items. Mm-hmm. so yeah, it's 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 impossible, and it's it'd be something that you'd have to that is your business model. That is what you want to do because there's no time want
0: ship was. or you want to stay in the store? Yeah, 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 that's really interesting. So you're saying he makes like five dollars for every ten thousand boxes that he
1: sells, because honestly, I wondered I about up. that made up example, but it illustrates my point. so that's what I said.
0: Yeah, that that that's fair. Because, I mean, because he, he's talked about it before where he's like, oh, you know, I, I kind of don't always make money when I sell you
1: guys stuff. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, and it's not always about making money. It's, again, mm-hmm. it's about getting something to invest in. When you have capital, like, when you have walls and mountains of product, and that's what you want to do is gain mountains of product, it's not about making money. It's about breaking even
2: mm-hmm.
1: and having some leftover to put in your stash. Rudy is a a hoarder dragon. He's not a he's not a he's not in it to sell and make money off the new stuff. He's okay with holding it. He's a holder, a holding hoarder. That's what he's interested in doing. So, and it's working. It's doing exactly what he wants it to do. So, again, kudos to him. But yeah, it's just it's a different business model. It's a different philosophy. It's a different way of. Being in this hobby, mm-hmm. so yeah,
0: yeah, that that completely makes sense. Uh, for him, that's what he chose. That's what he wants. He has like four different locations, and he's fine with that. And you're yeah. fine with your model and sure. how you do things. Yeah. So, you know, even though you want to spend more time in the shop and not necessarily in the office, do you have an office inside the building, or do I'm you? Getting
1: in my warehouse, I'm getting. I have an upstairs. It's like a. You know warehouse and then you have like a below like uh, mm-hmm. entry kind of like a showroom and then you have above that where you have the offices and i have a room that's completely empty up there that i haven't done anything with in the three months that we've had this warehouse just because there's just so much going on at any given time at the shop and one I, of these
0: days i want to come visit
1: hey i see what's up all these guys all these guys that <laughs> do all the stuff i'd love to have them come visit. i think it's awesome
0: mm-hmm.
1: um That's what it's about. I want to do conventions. I want to go and vend conventions. Um, That's something that we kind of grew our business to do. And we've done a lot of local stuff and shows and things like that. And that's awesome. And we have a lot of fun with it. But yeah, traveling and doing that kind of stuff and going out further into bigger stuff. I'd love to start doing and just Mm. see more people and say, hey, and uh, because that kind of stuff is cool. It's fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, Collecticon just put out their dates for next year. I think they're doing six, so are any of those God, dates? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, are, are, they you...
1: all in, are they all in Dallas? Are they
0: around? Uh, one in Dallas, one in Houston. I can't remember the other places.
1: Um, I think somebody was saying that they may York. do Nashville or some some big show in Nashville and that's like a two-hour drive, so I'd be cool with that. That's not
0: that bad. Yeah. yeah. That's easy. Yeah. That, that, that wouldn't be bad at all. So, I mean, would you, sell, like, how much product would you take out there with you?
1: oh um i don't know fill up the van see how much it can hold
0: (laughs) and just go from Um, there sure that'd be awesome that that would that would be really cool it is a
1: lot of fun that's that's the coolest part of being like traveling around especially with like getting with youtube people that come to my store and say oh watch your channel it's like it's like that's
0: that's awesome that's cool (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's really interesting to to talk to you and and understand kind of like how you run your business because it's really interesting to see how people do it like you know we already talked about Rudy and how he does his own thing you know we would talk about you and how you do your own thing and then you know there's uh my buddies dan and travis from going twice and it's really interesting their business model too going
1: twice going twice you see yeah dan and Travis.
0: um so so what they do um i i guess this was god um before covid because i had talked to them a few times before covid like really started to hit and we were shutting down um but um essentially what travis would do is he would travel around going to shops buying cards sure bringing them back bulk grading all of the cards oh they okay. have a really really low cost basis right so we're talking like i don't know probably a few bucks a card yeah. and then to get it graded
1: if that, I, I, I assume it's yeah
0: yeah so i mean i mean their business model is really interesting from that perspective because they can all day sell slabs probably for even under 50 bucks you know sure comments uncommons depending on the sets and in the condition and just churn and burn i mean these guys hustle travis man he goes everywhere now he's he 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 goes everywhere, and I think originally what they were doing. So they were they're auctioneers, right? So they have their auctioneering license. Oh, that's and the name. They,
1: yeah. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and and so what they would do is they would sell exclusively on proxy bids, and and I actually bought a few stuff from there, um, from them, you know, just because I I'd never used that that platform before, so I'm like, let me just try to understand it, right, um. And they now exclusively sell and whatnot. I was talking to Travis when I saw him in August um, in Florida at, at a Florida TCG convention um, out there with one of my buddies, Eric, uh, Pokemonster89. He put together an event and I went down there and um, exclusively whatnot, um, which, is really, which is really interesting in and of itself because, you know, at first, like, they were all about proxy bids and then they made the switch. They adapted. And found that what not worked better for them. Um, I haven't had a full conversation with him though. I'm hoping to sometime this month. But yeah, very interesting. Those dudes, man, they are hustlers. They work so much. I see them
1: nonstop. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, that
1: is a very. That's a lifestyle. Like that's a that's how you want to live your life. Mm-hmm. Because there's no there's no taking breaks on that kind of stuff. You got to be out there. All the time, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. uh, It's hard.
0: I mean, I've seen their office. There's stacks on stacks on stacks of cards that they're getting graded, cards that they've gotten back. I mean, they literally, uh, what they were telling me, uh, what their process is, is they don't like keeping money in the bank because they want to be getting things sent out so that they can be getting things back in so that they can then be, you know, selling those things. And they can't depend on... You know, not having enough inventory in the future. They just need to continuously be getting, you know, inventory back to sell, which completely makes sense to me. Um,
1: Yeah. Um, When you get to a point in your business, whatever stage that you're at, moving along, you either you diverge into two different paths. Either you go for the premium and higher end and kind of slower moving, but more profits, or you go down the path of, Turn and burn, get the stuff out, keep it moving as much as possible, low margins to grow your business. There's, mm-hmm. there's really, there's sure you can do things in between, but
2: to but really generally... grow
1: and to really like pick an avenue, go down. It's one or the other. Either you're the, have you ever had John from Pokemon Radar on the show? Uh, no, no. Nope. That dude might sell, I don't know, a hand, handful of cards a month. Mm-hmm. They're Super premium, and they're super high end, and they're super expensive cards, right? And then you have like your buddies that go out there and probably sell hundreds, thousands of slabs, and it may be a couple bucks here and there, but you know that's that's how it goes. That's how you you gotta keep it rolling, and in mm-hmm. both both in both situations, it's very it's very high risk. It's very if you you can't stop because. Yeah you know you get to a point where you've built your business model that way and if you stop doing it that way you you die so yeah it's 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 interesting it's a it's a weird way to go about but that's you gotta pick a path
0: Mm -hmm. and and i mean i guess what what path do you feel like you guys have chosen
1: (laughs) don't ask me that don't ask me that
0: (laughs) I take it back. I take it back.
1: Um, no, no. Um, there is definitely times where you can be. Uh, turn and burn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think getting started, you really have to be. About that, just low. That is more for the like the because you have to compete with eBay and all that. You have to be the bottom. You have to be at the bottom. or course, you don't yeah. get sales. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you're a um, I don't know, an artist. I know you may make a couple of nice pieces and put a premium on them, and that's how you kind of get you know established um, but yeah if when you're on eBay and you need to pay rent next month, <laughs> you have to move stuff, so you have mm-hmm. to be the lowest there's no there's no way about it. You do eventually i think get to a point where
0: where you don't have to price yourself to the bottom
1: you get a little more breathing room, yeah. And then you you have where well, you're either you're growing and you need financial stability to facilitate the growth, or you're trying to build capital so you're super fast. There's mm-hmm. two different. There's 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 cycles to it. Uh, so um, this last year, pretty much everybody was in the move fast.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: as much product as you get, you keep moving. So uh, that's just because the market's good. We're going to get to the point now where the people that were focusing on that, you don't have the market for that anymore. You can't move fast. So what do you do? Either you wait it out with the rest of us that have existed and are established and have other things to lean on, or you die. That's just the the reality of it. you dump and you cut your losses. Yeah. That's I, that's where we're at right now. And again, for a lot of us, it's still good. Still super good. I'm selling way more booster boxes than I ever have. Still. Now than I did before the craziness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're good. That's awesome. But for those guys out there that were expecting this type of thing to last forever, because they're buying it wholesale. It's got to be that's good all the time, right? yeah Mm. sad days
0: yeah yeah i can definitely um i've heard a number of people comment about how it seems to them that they're sort of seeing those people that have come in quick into the market to make that quick buck have started to leave because there isn't necessarily that quick buck
1: like what there was
0: yeah at least for pokemon
1: pokemon Cut it loose, and yeah, it's it's way easy to find stuff. So you don't have a recourse but to be at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Again, like when you say that you say that they opened a, you know, I don't know if they opened a brick and mortar, uh, and this big boom. Um, time continues moving forward, even though you know customers may not be coming in and out. So, uh, yeah. Got to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're going to hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like what you were saying, staying adaptable, actually watching what's going on <laughs> around you in the market and making it work and expanding into what you've been, you've already expanded into. Is there a, a place, um, collectibles wise, whether TCG or not TCG, um, that you're thinking about getting into in the next like six to 12 months? Any new sets, cards?
1: I mean, you yeah, like to I said, on? Um, manga's really picked up.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and even across... It's a solitary thing. It's something that you do by yourself. So uh, a lot of that stuff since huh. shutdowns have been kind of wrapping up. I've never sold as many board games as I've sold in the past year. <laughs> they used to just be like, they look good on the shelf, so I'm going to carry them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now they actually sell and... I'm actually low on some of them that I have to reorder because I never expected to have to reorder them. It's mm-hmm. not something I, I watch a lot of, so it's just like I gotta order some new board games. So, um, stuff like that um, has been moving good. Um, again, Gundams, just because they're so so hard to find, uh, I would love to have entire full stock shelf of all kinds of beautiful Gundams. I think right. they're just awesome, the engineering feats in plastic. You know, <laughs> it's just they really are just so cool. But Can't find those, so I'm waiting on them to get that kind of stuff back. Um Mm -hmm. I really do like Flesh and Blood as far as like a new playable game. I think it's catching fire. I think people are really liking it. Um I think it would take a lot for that game to like fail or even like have a slow burn. I think it they're still in a, a very big growth period. And the more that we move forward and expanding on archetypes and concepts in that game that's going to be people that kind of carve out their play style better and kind of fall into a, a way of playing mm-hmm. and that's only good for the longevity of it like for them to build that kind of archetype kind of like you know uh, black magic players are the people that like uh, stuff from your graveyard and blue are counter stuff when they start establishing that kind of stuff to like the heroes and like the the um, the classes of, of of people which there is already obviously but Mm -hmm. really flesh that kind of stuff out you kind of get more even more customizable abilities of it and people really get to claim a deck it's rpg level yeah absolutely absolutely i think that is a huge uh nice part of why flesh and blood is big too because you kind of get to build your hero out and deck him out and, and pick your path on that kind of stuff it's really cool it's a really cool concept um um, I don't know if you are big in Flesh and Blood, Jess. Do you have any?
0: I, I like it. I haven't, so I haven't played a game yet, and I'm going okay. to Scott. I promise have, I'll hit you up. Okay. Yeah, but but I've been trying to build some decks because I had a whole bunch because I had bought some unlimited boxes from Rudy. I bought some okay. Welcome to Welcome to Wraith, uh, Arcane. Uh, I think that's all I've gotten. I haven't I haven't opened up any Crucible, any Monarch no tales of aria haven't opened up any of those sets i know i know i need i need to see here here it goes back to the fatigue thing i've got too much shit no yeah that i I need to buy so like i i just but um but i i freaking love flesh and blood i cannot tell you how much i love the cards how much i just love opening the packs the cards feel so good when i opened up crimson vow I opened up two collector boxes of Crimson Vow and I was really excited. I mean honestly, the cards looked dope. I picked up some cool Dracula cards. Yeah. The um uh, the box toppers were awesome. Um but the cards were shit. Literally the cards just, were thinner, yeah. they were cut stupid, so many print lines like yeah. but you compare that with Flesh and Blood. I'm looking I'm looking at and I mean of course, you know, you, you can't really compare the two truly because
1: I mean, you kind of can. You kind of can.
0: But but I mean, okay, so, so I'll tell these you what, packs that are. I opened up, well, yeah. I was just going to say, like, these, these boxes were printed before COVID versus, sure. you know, so from that perspective. But the print quality was really shit with Crimson Bow, which is made me sad. Which is a
1: shame because Magic's art and their type of cards they're producing are so beautiful and so beyond yes. what five years ago we thought Magic would ever do. They're finally catching up with the rest of the card games. They're full art, pretty, yes, their their awesome. full
0: art foil cards look amazing. From the Crimson Vow set, holy yes. crap, they look. They have really the best so artists good.
1: of any card game, but they put their little pictures on a little itty bitty box like that. They've done that for <laughs> years. I'm like why? Yeah.
2: They, yeah.
1: And you buy these prints. You can buy Magic, you know, art prints, and they're huge, beautiful, you know, wall piece size art. Yeah. Put on an itty bitty card. That's an inch <laughs> by an inch and a half. It's like this is doesn't do it justice
0: you know in the bundle boxes that you can get at the big box stores um yeah. i I buy a few uh, a few of the Innistrad and you know Strixhaven and stuff like that those packs have started to come out with just purely art cards which I thought was really cool um yeah.
1: I like the art cards too they're yeah like, um they're kind of useless but if they're, you enjoy the art if you're in it for the art they're amazing
0: they're they're nice I, I like I cannot say enough about um, In a like just the whole story concept and the art is so interesting to me. I, I can't stop talking about it enough. I just really wish Crimson Vow was printed with better, better quality, at least the boxes that I got. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, honestly, you know, going back to art. Um, I mean, obviously, magic has been really amazing with it. And, and so is flesh and blood. I love the art style when I saw our I so so when Welcome to Wraith came and I, and I was I was opening up those packs. I'm like, okay, those are traditional, probably what I would expect fantasy cards. And then arcane came out and I was like, holy crap, this is like some cool steampunk stuff. This is yeah. really neat. Um so so I thought that art was really interesting uh, cuz I'm really into steampunk. And then when I found out that oh I can't even remember what the set's called now, but the set that is going to come out next year for Magic that is this Japanese cyberpunk sort of Yeah, thing the coming block Yeah. where they go in the future and I'm like, "Whoa, hold up, time out. I need I need all of the boxes for this one. I need it's, all of
1: it's it." like Wizard of the Coast was like, "You know what? Sure, fantasy's cool, but we have, like, all these other genres that we've just been ignoring. That What's you've never, there? and,
0: mm-hmm. and we're going into the future, like, I love sci-fi, I love cyberpunk, like, all of the dark cyberpunk stuff, like, Ghost in the Shell, uh, Akira, hmm. um, Alita, yeah. like, all of that, I mean, Blade Runner, like, all of that really old, like, dark cyberpunk, I am here for, so that's, that's my shit. That's my shit right there. um. So I am so excited for that. Like the aesthetic alone just sounds incredibly interesting. And the concept, the fact that they're trying to think outside of the box is really interesting too. I do yeah. appreciate that. So we'll see. They just better print the cards. Well, is all I have to say.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're really seeing magic kind of move away from its element of like the same 12 planes recycled over and over.
2: Mm-hmm. And again,
1: it's, it's, kamigawa block of, of same kind of yeah P1 concept in that cyberpunk same plane,
0: heat, but which is not,
1: kind of weird but um you can take stuff that you have and mix it up in something different and it makes it nice and fresh again like mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to do that and i don't know why they've been so against that
0: mm-hmm. for so long yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of weird i i couldn't agree with you more um so I'm really excited about that. There's also another set that's coming up with Magic that's in um, uh, a, uh, it's different crap. What was it shtick? I can't remember. Um,
1: the one but, that's after that.
0: Uh the maybe? big
1: like um mafia kind of style.
0: It's like noir. That that's what I wanted to yeah. say in my head. It's like a real no, noir kind of feel to it. I'm really interested about that too. Like that that's just really interesting to me when they kind of take different themes because it just I think what it comes back to for me so i said earlier that i really love storytelling and obviously there's so many different ways to do that um but i think maybe if i needed to be really specific and like really like point at something it's world building that i yeah. love you know the world building and i think um yeah
1: yeah i think i think magic was so hung up on we got to be we're the classic the classic tcg the the very strict fantasy style tcg and why mm-hmm. you're already on top why do you why not take some risks and have fun with it
0: mm-hmm. absolutely it, it
1: seems kind of silly mm-hmm. that we are it took this long yeah but hey we got there
0: we got there we got there um i mean in in the collaborations that they're doing as well uh yeah, you're gonna there... get the
1: Fortnite secret lair you know yes, right?
0: I'm gonna get the Fortnite secret lair. Okay. I also want to get the Street Fighter Secret Lair. I also want to nice. get the Arcane Secret Lair, Arcane League of Legends secret rare, um, uh, secret oh, lair. Man. But I just again fatigue. I just it's
1: a lot, it's a lot,
0: it's it's a lot. Um, I mean, okay, we got a while, I...
1: while before that happens, so. though. So, but yeah.
0: They're they're selling the arcane right now, and so I've been or maybe they just recently stopped. I, I need to look, I can't remember. Last time I looked, I I, I haven't bought any secret lair, actually, before. So, I mean, this when it comes... It
1: Fortnite and Arcane, that's what it took, huh?
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Fortnite, for sure. And then when I watched Arcane and then found out that the, they were going to do a secret lair for that, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But the one thing that I don't... Because I've never bought secret lair before, I don't really know what's in it. And I don't... I think the one thing, too, is like I didn't really know what was in it. It only seemed like there were, like, a handful of cards and I was paying $40 for. And then there were, you know, the non-foil versions. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I buy? (laughs) Like, I think that was probably another hurdle. It's like, okay, I want to buy this, but what do I buy? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I don't know if you want me to run it down and, like, sell Secret Layers to you.
0: Tell me. But uh,
1: Secret Layers are basically, did you open any of Ikoria?
0: Uh, I have a box, but I haven't opened it.
1: Oh. Okay, so uh, how about like the box toppers for uh, Crimson Vow? They're yes. like Dracula themed. They're like box topper? They're Dracula themed of cards that are in the set. Mm-hmm. So for like the Walking Dead um, thing. secret Lair, I remember
0: that. Yeah, and Stranger Things. I have like... cards that are
1: like, don't exist. And they're just organic new cards. Or they'll put in secret layers either reprints of like super popular cards, just with like, mm-hmm. cool art. So there'll like be like a counter spell in there that have like just crazy art to them. You know, super common card, but is playable and used and people want it. Mm-hmm. Or they'll do like reskins of cards like they did with Crimson Vow with their whatever character, but it'll be like another existing card. So they'll have like yeah. a Jason Mind Sculptor in with like, I don't know, a Finn from Adventure Time. I don't know. Like something really. Yeah, so they'll do something okay. like that. So that's like that's the, cool. the vibe Jason that's a vibe. <laughs> So they'll have like an existing thing
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that they'll just like rescan or put like cool art to it.
0: So they so give they- these cards special treatment. Special with yes. like a special card treatment. But okay.
1: they're supposed to be able to be played, but no one will ever play with these because that's silly. But mm-hmm. you could if you wanted to. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's the vibe for Secret Lives. <laughs>
0: okay so then so then is it is it really not worth buying the non-foil that you just have to get the foil
1: i mean if you really love it why not
0: Mm -hmm. see that's kind of what i was thinking i'm like well if i'm gonna get these cards
1: that's the whole concept of secret layers like if you really want it do it
0: yeah okay yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, so there are no packs that come with it. It's just singular cards, and sometimes you get four cards. Sometimes um, you get, like, nine cards.
1: Sometimes they do throw, like, a little weird quirky thing into it. But most of the time, it is, it is like, just a couple cards. Mm-hmm. Like, four to eight, normally.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because the other thing, too, that came to mind, I'm like, oh, okay, this is, like, $40 for... So I'm paying $10 a card. Yeah. Um,
1: some of them are more expensive than others. Like mm-hmm. they did one with Godzilla, and it was just lands, but with Godzilla in the art, so it was just kind of cool. But I think it was mm-hmm. like super cheap, as like five dollars card or something. Maybe, oh, maybe that's not bad. Card. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of weird novelty thing.
0: If Matt's still on the stream, he he loved the Godzilla cards.
1: <laughs> oh, they're awesome! I think that's yeah, very cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people went crazy for them. I think it, like, just the novelty of it to have a kaiju card. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. If if they had all of the kaiju, like, that would have been really cool. Actually.
1: I mean, that was a cool thing about. I think. Uh, I think they originally said Strixhaven was supposed to be like Harry Potter. But even they wanted to do like a Secret Potter or Harry Potter secret layer of things from Strixhaven.
0: Oh, it interesting. probably
1: totally be a thing. I think that. I think the deal just. Is- uh, fell through for whatever reason, but hmm. that's that's like the rumor that was going around was that that was what it was supposed to be all along. So
0: you know, the only thing that I liked about Strixhaven were the spell cards. Like I'm trying to collect all of them because I have a whole oh, bunch yeah. of Strixhaven yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Japanese alt art that I've been of buying, of course, um, which seems so random to add it's, to Strixhaven. Like it's, it
1: was bizarre. It was amazing and cool. It was awesome. But it was like three sets pushed into one. For yeah. no reason.
0: Yeah.
1: Like they could have done some crazy shenanigan, like like a celebrations level of set where you put all those in the you know, secret expensive packs and it would have been cool. But they just threw them at yeah. you and they weren't rare at all. So it kind of made them special. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: How are you feeling about the numbered cards?
1: I think it's inevitable, it has to happen. Yeah. I mean, Argon Saga it? had numbered cards. I mean, we're way behind on Argon Saga. That's, that's, that tells you something.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm.
1: But yeah, I mean, how else are you going to make things fancy? And you have a set number and everybody gets a slot that they fall into. Mm-hmm. So you can track them and who has them super easy because they're numbered. So. I think it also adds to, like again, the pedigree and keeping track of this stuff and making sure things are all on the up and up whenever you can have something that is uniquely assigned a number and it moves around in the world mm-hmm. forever, I don't know, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's no cracking uh, 50 of of 100 and then resubmitting it. They're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah for sure There's that.
0: <laughs> yeah um they'll they'll put those cards on the blockchain eventually
1: uh maybe the fancy futuristic kamigawa block will have uh numbered cards yeah maybe and then they'll be on blockchain because that's maybe.
0: the future. i don't
1: know that's crazy but i'd be cool, it, that'd
0: be cool. I, i'd be cool yeah I, it'd be really cool i'll have to get see here's the thing like i almost feel like so, here's the one thing about the new sets that are coming out, right? Yeah. I almost feel like there's no point in not buying the collector boxes because that actually has the stuff that you
1: probably want. Definitely. That's <laughs> so how they get you. Like, what? Of course. Like, that's yes.
0: They got me, Crimson Vow. Mm-hmm. I'm still really sad about the print quality of those cards. I'm hoping that was just a flash in the pan.
1: Yeah. Well, it hasn't been, but hopefully they'll. Really? Be yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Etched Foilings, you know, they're the ones that have like the the gold inlay on them. Yeah. Um, They curl really bad.
0: Really? See,
1: Really, really bad. They're not playable. Like, you can't Mm. play them.
0: See, when I was opening up Strixhaven and then uh, the Innistrad box, they were just like the bundles. So Mm -hmm. we're not talking about anything fancy. Not a Booster Box, not not nothing. Those cards were fine. And maybe yeah. I feel like maybe I should probably go back to those cards just to make sure they were fine. Because I didn't notice anything obvious, at least. But then the Crimson Mount, just like, what the? I spent so much more than a bundle. Oh
1: my God, right. It's, it's a premium product that is not getting premium care. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Yeah.
0: I really hope, okay, Magic, Wizards of the Coast, please hear me now do a tv show and bring the same arcane energy okay with crimson vow do They it, were
1: supposed please. to do um they're supposed to do like a like a western style uh, anime type of um, show on Netflix okay. but uh, i think it fell through i think they they lost the director he moved on to something else and uh, i think it's dead in the water at the moment boo boo they had voice actors and everything i think picked out and they said it was it was done or not not in production currently
0: if they did freaking innistrad if they put that whole if they made that into a tv series that yeah, whole it'd be, cool. it'd be in it'd be amazing you could you could do so many different storylines and it doesn't have to be in the same tv show you could do like the origin of the vampires that's interesting why sure. does everyone hate Sorin? that's interesting oh how about the actual conflict between the vampires and sheesh when the anyways i I totally nerded out but like when eldrazi and they had to like you know join forces to freaking fight the eldrazi super interesting like Mm -hmm. use of the metaverse like i i say metaverse it's just multiverse really but um but you know a really interesting way to use that kind of um you know Villain, like it. Eldrazi is like a Thanos, and then it brings people together. Definitely, yeah. So,
1: or even um um. Big dragon boy. Oh my god, what's his name?
0: Are you talking about Nicobolas? Yes. Mhm.
1: He's like Things the he's like, he's like the Thanos. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah. Um, like for War of the Spark, they did have like like a. I think it was like a an eight minute. <clears throat> little like a little mini sode kind of thing where we kinda of oh, had like a cool. story to it, which is kinda cool. kind
0: of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh the Overwatch shorts, the anime- yeah, animation yeah, shorts. Very yeah. similar. Mm-hmm.
1: So obviously they have some inkling of it. And they always do like a production, like they did for Crimson Valley, they did like a little short little thing too. Yeah. For, like a little promotional thing, but Yeah. I kind really like, full fledged, like even it's just like if they want to do just like a fifteen minute, twenty minute little thing for each set I think would be cool.
0: Sheesh! Honestly, I would die if they did that. Sheesh. I would, I would completely love that. They need to do what Epic Games is doing, which is they have a whole media division now. Like, so what we probably should expect from Fortnite are these or more story. You know, <laughs> just, just purely story things. You know, for Fortnite. And, and I think if everyone did that, Overwatch did it, that'd be super interesting. Like
1: magic, Magic, Planeswalkers in Fortnite. Um, uh.
0: So so Get so the so kids into it, huh? So well there there's a rumor going around that we might actually see some planeswalkers in Fortnite as skins. Oh
1: I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. I mean I that, wouldn't be
0: surprised. Who that's... who do you think if if you had to guess, who are some planeswalkers you
1: think would be in there? Oh, I mean there's the big obvious ones. Um, jeez. Like you would do like the old Thanos thing where they you could play against uh Bolas and mm-hmm. you do their little uh you got kind of thing, yeah.
0: hmm And then you gotta have some gatekeepers. I mean, I mean, yeah. gate watch. What am I? Mean, I how do you about? how do you Gatewatch.
1: stop? I mean, yeah, where do you stop? That's really up to you. Where mm-hmm. how far do you want to take it? Yeah. You have 25 years worth of lore and and backstory and characters. Like, use them in every media. Yana,
0: Chase. Pull up, pull them at a
1: zoo and and do uh, it everywhere and on everything. <laughs>
0: That would be cool. That that'd be cool. I, I I'd be I'd be really interested to see that. I mean I mean they randomly did it for Resident Evil. That came out of left field for me. Yes. And I was like, what? Jill Valentine, uh-huh. Chris Redfield? Hell yeah! All right, let's go. <laughs> yes. I mean I don't think we'll ever see it in a Fortnite card, but it would be so cool. I'd I'd buy a Jill though. I don't know.
1: Card. I don't know. Is Fortnite just not another plane that they could go to? I don't know.
0: I don't. If they made it like if Magic: The Gathering did that, I'd be fine with it. Um,
1: just talking so from
0: like a so panini, like them.
1: I mean, you know, clearly they're them. okay with it because they have the secret layer. Like they they're talking to each other. Mm-hmm. It's it's further away from happening. Or, wait, it's further away from not happening than happening.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Is I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. It could it yeah. could happen. Why not?
0: I I'd, I'd, I'd be interested. I just always figured that it would get trickier because Fortnite doesn't own the Resident Evil brand. You know, Konami oh, does. Yeah. So yeah. like but but I would if they printed a card, if they had the rights to print a card, I would buy it. Sure. Konami just say yes. Just say yes. Just do it.
1: Konami surely needs some money. Like what are they like what? Sure. Let it happen.
0: Why would why would they say no? They don't have to do anything. They're just giving away well, sure. they're not giving away, but they're loaning rights. Sure. <laughs> so you know, there, there's I don't know, I think that's a no brainer to me in cards. Yeah.
1: I mean, crossover potential for everything. It it's it's just a win win. hmm Why yeah. would you not?
0: Exactly. Because I'll buy it. Because okay. they uh use case of one, I would I would buy that.
1: I mean <laughs> when Pokemon's doing stuff like that, that's how you know it. it's it's all hells broke loose and there's no rules anymore. Pokemon has always been very Protective, but I don't know, they're getting kind of where they're getting other developers in to make games and you know, trusting people with their brands ever since you know Pokemon Go came out with Niantic and how much they gave Niantic basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're it's all opening up. It's all getting more
0: Yeah. I mean, even thinking even thinking about the RCS um Game, The Legend yeah. of R-, R-, R. C. You know what? I don't. I never know if I say that name correctly, but, but looking at like the brief gameplay I've seen, it that looks really interesting and very um a, like it, it immerses you more into that world that you wish was real. Sure, it, it almost reminds me a little bit of uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, oh
1: yeah, that's definitely what they're going for. That's the wild. yeah
0: yeah, yeah. And I really liked Breath of the Wild. Like that was the first open game, open world game that I haven't finished playing because I don't want it to end. You know?
1: That, yeah, that, that,
0: that was a great one. I still and, haven't finished
1: it. <laughs> you know, um, the same thing happens, I think, with like the character arts, cards and Pokemon. I love where you get to see little snip-ups of like what life is like in that sort of reality if Pokemon were real. Like, mm-hmm. I love seeing like where police have Arcanines and stuff, like or <laughs> you know even like that kind of stuff that's so all true the,
2: like, all the yeah. character
1: arts are like I love that like kind of feel because it all mm-hmm. makes it more if it was real that would be what it would be about and yeah I'm about that so do you think that adds to that I like. How,
0: that. how interesting would it be to see like Pokemon trainers as planes walkers
1: <laughs> oh that
0: <laughs> they would never that'd do be, it that would be wild but... right? goofy So goofy, so weird. Oh, Sun and Moon
1: basically did say that there's multiverses with the wormholes, so it's practically already there.
0: Huh.
1: Oh, did you not play Sun and Moon?
0: No, I didn't. Honestly, I haven't played since. It's okay. Nobody
1: did. (laughs) Um.
0: Well, actually, I lied. I haven't played since Yellow, but I did buy Pikachu Go. I haven't finished that one. Okay. So. Yeah. Or maybe technically it's pinball. Technically it's pinball.
1: There's a lot of deep lore in the the pinball game.
0: <laughs> you know, it just reminds me of like forever playing the pinball levels of Sonic the Hedgehog. Like same yeah. vibe. Same same vibe. But very fun when I was a kid. Oh, that's awesome. The the Rumble Pack like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are good memories. I still have that. Not sealed, of course, but I don't even know if it would that much, if it was sealed, anyway. <laughs>
1: mm. I don't know. I haven't ever had one in. I think most people played it. <laughs> be a weird thing to collect and keep sealed.
0: Yeah, yeah. All the all the Pokemon games that I have were just the ones that we played when we were kids. So I don't have twenty thousand dollars or more sitting in my closet. Mm, Sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I mean. You know, for for what it's worth, uh, you know, I guess at the end of the day, there is so much very exciting stuff going on.
1: Oh, all the in time, general.
0: yes, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, for sure, yeah. There's always something new coming out every every week. I have new products going out on my shelves and something new, absolutely. Mm.
0: Yeah, that that's awesome. That's awesome. I really like that. Um, yeah, and I mean, like. I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to next year because I'm really, I'm really, you know, I think, I think we're definitely going to see a lot of the, we're going to see a lot of people on social media, not be on social media as much like in the community, which is going to make me a little sad because, um, You know, I don't want to like necessarily lose people in the community, but I can definitely see there being like a slowdown without it being an uninteresting time. Do you know what I mean? Like there's still going to be a lot of interesting things come out, but like what we were talking about before, you can't, there isn't necessarily that fast money to be made. We're going to, you know, kind of see the fat trimmed a little bit um, versus it just being like people leaving because nothing interesting is going on
1: um right yeah yeah uh, you know you can be a casual interest person and not have to buy boxes and boxes of stuff yes. it's okay you can just buy packs on a whim because something's new and you you just see it for the first time and you think it's cool it's okay
0: mm-hmm. yeah. you can do that yeah totally so, cool.
1: I, and and I think there's a lot of people going oh people are leaving the hobby and people that aren't you know all this blah 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 it's just like it's all it's all valid. It's all good. Like it's all mm-hmm. a part of it. How far and how deep you go in, you don't have to be hundred percent and mm-hmm. just be investing and worried about whether or not that card you just pulled is gonna be graded to ten and it's gonna make you thousands of dollars. It's okay to just be happy and content with things not being max stonkage.
0: it'll be it'll be nice to see the conversations sort of um turn because i had this conversation with Poke gal once um where not that it's necessarily a bad thing but a lot of the conversation around collectibles was solely around like value and how certain cards weren't worth it or not and Um, and I mean, I still think there's something to be said about bringing that into the conversation. Like you, we kind of talked about that a little bit. We kind of touched on that, but it'll be nice to see where the, um, where the conversation changes on that, you know, to start talking about things even more from a collecting perspective and learning about the cards and finding things to be interesting. And then maybe finding, you know, nuggets like underappreciated cards that maybe in three years from now will do the swing, you know?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 so many cards out there that are mm-hmm. uh, you know, over inflated and super uh, hyped up at the moment, and there's stuff that is still I think, uh, relatively cheap and, you know, uh, probably deserves to be a little more expensive, so uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of ways for the pendulum to go in both directions. Mm-hmm.
0: Which, you know, this is a question that I have brought up to many guests before, and this is like a theory of mine. And okay. the conversation that we had earlier about um, me being a little bit bearish on singles because of how much supply there is in unopened boxes, shadowless, underrated or overrated? Uh.
1: Like, collectible-wise? Or uh, value-wise? What do you mean? Both. Um, okay. okay. Um, I would say that I probably see Shadowless 2 Uncommon like a 5-to-1 uncom- uh, Unlimited versus Shadowless. So I would say um, it's five times more rare than un- or Unlimited.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So... By that logic, Shadowless should be five times more expensive than the unlimited version. That is definitely right. not that's definitely not the case across the board. But in my mind, and as far as um, at least from what I see come into the store, that seems mm-hmm. to be what it should be. And so, comparing
0: that to first edition? Oh. Shadowless to first edition?
1: Yeah. I mean in the average collection that I get in, just like let's say a random collection from somebody I had as a kid, you might have one or two first editions in there. You know, it's 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 not very common for the average person to have first edition cards in there. It's just not. So, um, yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's hard to know what the breakdown is really, but yeah, um, yeah, it just seems like it's it's super super harder to find first yeah. edition stuff
0: yeah i mean and and i guess the reason why i'm feeling a little bit more bullish on shadowless specifically is because it seems to me we definitely still see a ton of loose unlimited makes sense it's, definitely there, there's so much and, i have boxes, then,
1: and boxes of them yep
0: see so but even thinking about it from a sealed perspective I still see people bragging about the first editions. I don't see anyone bragging about shadowless. I don't I don't see anyone talking about, I, like when it comes yeah. to sealed versions of those boxes, I just I feel like I see less shadowless. So so to that perspective, there if all of those boxes, all of those shadowless boxes ended up end up at one point in time being opened, there's still going to be less of those than there will be of unlimited and first edition. And that that's just a theory.
1: Oh, that's I think it's definitely. I mean, there's without a doubt, you know a shadowless was printed in a very small window compared mm-hmm. to the unlimited after that was printed. so yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah. it's just that much more rare, yeah, makes sense
0: mm-hmm. yeah, okay. you've just validated my theory,
1: I mean, heck, I don't, mean, heck, I don't know, don't don't trust or do any investment (laughs) based on what i say because lord knows i'm just a a scalper and i don't uh know anything so
0: um yeah no you know so much first off don't don't haters go hate but i mean you know i just kind of like i just like getting um perspective because you know like what i was saying before you know we live in our own biases and even like you know and so with that being said sometimes like like those facts well no those presumed facts and sort of logic just slap me so hard in the face i'm just like the only thing i should be buying is shadowless if 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 i was thinking about it purely from you know a growth a growth perspective and and down the line scarcity um so
1: um but in the same vein uh Let's say that that stuff did go to being five times more expensive than any random uh, you know, unlimited card. Um your buyer base for those items also yeah. gets lost five times because they're just gonna buy the unlimited. And most yeah. people remember having the unlimited anyways. So that's the other thing. That's the other thing mm, a lot of people. That's like, a good point. Uh the the prices crashed on from the modern stuff. This is terrible. Everybody's losing their No, there's tons of other people that were not buying at the inflated prices that they were that can now buy them. Mm-hmm. They're going to default to the cheapest thing. It's just that's the obvious way things go. So when things go cheaper, there's tons of people that now are able to make a purchase that would not have before. So
0: Yeah.
1: Um, people sometimes forget that that Prices going down doesn't mean that you're making less money if you have tons of that stuff in volume you make up for that loss of of, of stonkage
0: mm-hmm. so yeah and you know what's interesting too that not many people think about or i guess talk about is uh, interesting with unlimited um it, it might also in certain parts of it be undervalued because of how rare it is to have unlimited cards in mint, mint, mint condition, because everyone played with those cards. Mm, so if you look at the pop reports yeah. in PSA, yeah. those those numbers are not nearly as high as first edition cards.
1: There's just a lot of cards out there. There's a lot. There's a of lot. unlimited cards. Again, again, I have five row boxes of just <laughs> unlimited cards, and I'm but just not
0: are they? But how minty are they?
1: I'm sure there's a, a handful of them in there. There probably are. <laughs> they can't all be beat up, mm-hmm. played on a sidewalk.
2: True. Oh no, true. I,
1: just stuff like that. I think is a, a dangerous way to think.
0: Um, from what perspective? I I guess what piece of that is a little that
1: bit for you? As things get older, that there's mm-hmm. not going to be things in good shape anymore.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. there's
1: tons of people that did just buy Pokemon just to collect and put them in binders and set mm-hmm. them up in a closet and that they're still there after 25 years. They're out
0: there. Yeah. Populations can always go up. I mean, I'm thinking about that um,
1: no-number
0: Charizard.
1: Yeah, it's definitely less yeah. likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more likely that those people forgot about it and probably even would end up throwing that stuff away not even thinking that it has value. Then the those... intro
0: pack of flesh and blood.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know many people mm-hmm. walk into my store and say, "Hey, I've had these for since my since I was a kid." Mm-hmm. And I've just I just thought about them right now or I was cleaning out my garage or whatever.
0: Solomon. I had
1: I had somebody bring in a binder that literally had potting soil down inside the pockets where this binder had s- sat upright and fell between boxes and then had potting soil dumped into the top of them.
0: Oh lord. And oh, he had like
1: gold stars and like a crystal Charizard in there. Holy crap! That had potting in it.
0: Um, so was the uh condition of the cards trash then? Yes, yeah,
1: terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, from being in the garage for that long, it's just the heat, the, the temperature fluctuations alone, yeah, warped the cards.
0: Mm. Mm. Did they at least have sleeves? No, no, ugh.
1: Yep. No. <laughs> yeah. Nobody sleeved anything in the nineties. Nobody did or, <laughs> early two thousands. Nobody knew what those were.
0: That's hilarious. It oh exists. man. Oh gosh. It yeah. It it does. It does. I mean, there's definitely heat, you know. Amazing cards. We I joke mm-hmm. around with my Fortnite buddies. We joke around about how there's a crystal shard Black Knight sitting around in someone's binder without Definitely. a sleeve.
1: Yes, there's tons. There's so, yeah, yeah. There's a 1st Dead Charizard sitting out there somewhere.
0: But that's a loved card. I feel like those are love cards. Maybe.
1: I've seen a lot of beat-up Charizards. <laughs> it's always in collections like that. When people say that they had them as a kid, it's always the expensive ones that are all bent in half and and nicked up.
0: But not the, not the commons and uncommons. Not, yeah,
1: not the not the the common stuff. It's always the good ones. Oh, yep.
0: yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that completely makes sense. And you know, um, talking about old collections and buying old collections, um, mm. a question that I wanted to ask when you were on with Connor and Rob.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, what is the going rate for bulk right now?
1: It fluctuates depending on how aggressive somebody wants to be, Mm -hmm. and how and where in the process of the chain they are, and where that gets back around to being in like the resellers. Uh Like I think I said on that uh, on their uh, podcast, I had a million cards of Pokemon (laughs) just. You did. I definitely do. Because I went through and I counted the boxes, and I definitely have um, like thirty-five, five rows that hold seven thousand cards each. Is that enough? Three, six, nine. Two. It's pretty close. It's pretty close to a million. If not, right there. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, I have probably two, two, three million of Magic sitting there too. So,
0: um, holy shit.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot. I got a backlog of stuff to go through. Yeah, but I mean. Again, yeah. <laughs> um, that's why I'm not aggressive on them at all. Like, I have no, I'm going to get that regardless, you know, mm-hmm. because i eventually become the easiest option. I just bring them to me, I weigh them out, and then I pay the money. That's what they eventually want. If you want to go through all the effort and ship them off to Troll and Toad or these other places uh, that pay or give you store credit even, you could get probably four cents, five cents a piece if you do store credit with through them. They used mm-hmm. to do. It used to be what three thousand for a booster box for some of these places. Just crazy. It's crazy good. Super good. Holy crap. Yeah. That's yeah, really good. Um, how many a million cards can I? Get? How many booster boxes can I get? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's all about how much effort you want to put out and how much, um, uh, you want to see returned. Mm-hmm. So There's a lot of people out there that say, "Oh, I have all this bulk, but they don't want to ship it. They don't want to do all that extra effort. They don't want to make." the lots up themselves and sell them on ebay like okay then you gotta you gotta and i was talking to another store owner about this where he had a dude come in and he wanted he had just the commons and uncommons Mm -hmm. no rares no reverse hollows and wanted three cents a piece for him it's like man come on like yeah yeah i buy i buy pokemon woke at three cents a piece but there's gotta be something there that helps me recoup that money you know it's not Mm -hmm. all it has got to be a little meat on the bone. And the dude got pissed off because he told him he didn't want to pay that much. I was just like, well, then you go do the effort. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's what it comes down to. Is how much effort do you want to put out?
0: Yeah.
1: Because it's a lot of work. Most people get pissed off and they leave. And then the next week, they come back and they sell me this bulk because they're like, yeah, I don't want to do all that. That's crazy.
0: I changed my mind. Here, just take it. Give me my money. (laughs) Okay.
1: Well. Leave it to me, and I'll I'll have to mess with it whenever I get around to moving that many cards.
0: <laughs> yeah, do you do you um do you make like little packs? I don't not not a repack, like, but but just like um do you put like a whole bunch into a bigger sleeve and,
1: and yeah? Just sell? I, sometimes I do yeah. that. Um, like on their website, we have we can buy like random lots where I put them like in know oh nice like a thousand card box, and I have you know like fifty rares and some ultra rares and then commons and uncommons in there i I do that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i do sell some of them that way but yeah most of that is when i receive it i pick through it and pick out all the playable stuff i think danny fan is really good about um like making a video every once in a while about the playable stuff in your bulk so like he's super good about putting all this Mm -hmm. kind of videos out so um there's that stuff it's the stuff that i can you know resell for singles you know the rest of that is truly bulk it's, it's truly the bulkiest of bulk mm-hmm. And then I, that stuff goes in the five rows and sits in the back of my store until i decide i want to call up the dude that buys it by the truckload and wants to buy it from me
0: mm-hmm. that's yeah.
1: eventually where we get to but yeah it takes a while it takes a while to get there
0: <laughs> i can understand that um you know one one thing that I thought about it, like when it comes to um when it comes to like making money in the market, obviously, you know, if someone were to you know if that was their goal, right, and maybe they wanted to sell singles like Denny Phantom, like what you were saying he used to do, yeah. you yeah. know what you what obviously you try to do is you try to find out what people are looking for and then buy before then and then resell it, right and so one thing that I always thought was really interesting, um. And I don't know if this is a good strategy or not, but I feel like when I see the obvious, um, I kind of like question, I kind of like wonder if it's as straightforward and as simple as that. But, you know, when big stores like Troll and Toad and whatnot um, put out a buy list, it almost makes you want to buy those cards because they see that there is movement in those markets and they can make money from those cards. And Mm -hmm. I... I'm sure it's more nuanced than that, or at least I would think it would be, but I don't know. Like, is that a good strategy?
1: Um, speculating
0: mm-hmm.
1: on any playable game and whether or not cards are going to be maybe a card released to where, it you know, the meta takes off and it picks up the single that used to be cheap, and now it's a bunch of money. Yeah. That is definitely a thing that happens. And yeah, the big boys like the Troll and Toads of the world are definitely making those kind of moves um when the shutdowns happened you would see uh, just randomly in like i think around like april or may just all rainbow rares across the board for the sun and moon sets would shoot up mm-hmm. to being five dollars a piece where they were like maybe three bucks and they would stay right at five dollars how does that happen hmm the big boys around the world uh, would make plays on that, and they've always done that. Um, uh-huh. There's always been stuff like Speculating. Um, the most common one is that um, kind of like the an evergreen card that's in Pokemon Standard is Ultra Ball. It's one of the most playable cards. Discard to search for a Pokemon. It's very common, and super good card. As far mm-hmm. as, like, a search. And it's always been in the format. Well, mostly been in the format for a while. So... It hasn't been in the format for a while, but obviously, eventually, it's going to come back. So there's all these guys that have always been trying to buy up Ultra Balls, and like the Secret Rare Ultra Balls, or like the Golden Ultra Balls, and stuff like that, to, when they're cheap, the cheapest, and then resell them. And then when they announced that Ultra Ball was more than likely going to come back, either this set or the next set, that the prices spiked up. Obviously, uh, who was holding them, and who set the price, basically, the big boys, the Troll and toads. that's where the, the prices got set. So, mm-hmm. yeah. They make plays on that hmm. kind of stuff all the time. And obviously, when competitive play is happening, you make decisions like that. Like, there'll be a card that comes out in a set, and it has, like, mm, that's a weird mechanic. That's an interesting thing. That's really weird. But it's not quite good. It's not quite there yet. Yeah. But then, like, maybe a set or two after that, it'll have synergy with that card. And they're like, mm, that's why that exists. Uh-oh. Okay. Swear! So if you knew that was going to happen, you can make money because of that price spike for that card. But that takes very heavy foresight into knowing what is existing in the meta and how the meta is going to change to know that kind of stuff. it would be hard. Yeah,
0: and and some risk for sure.
1: Oh, <laughs> definitely.
0: Yeah. Some definite risk. Yeah. I always wondered. I was, always always wondered about.
1: Um... Oh, there's people out there that just do that. That just speculate and sit on it.
0: That feels so stressful that that feels I, so stressful, yeah I mean, I mean, talk about like sometimes sitting with product for a really long time and talk about like I mean you know, I don't know, I guess maybe it's not necessarily a churn. it's more so waiting for that moment and then just pouncing but but that is a constant like being in the market and watching, and getting the notification that, okay, this hit this price, this is the price I want to sell at, so. Yeah, I mean, eventually I you get to the point where the you're
1: just like, it's like, you get this gut feeling where you're just like, that's a really good card. It's probably going to be good. It's not good now, but it might be.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, you know what? Honestly, that kind of reminds me of day trading.
1: That's, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is that is exactly what that is yeah yeah um that's just another aspect of reselling that is you know speculating on what's mm-hmm. going to be hot
0: do you do any of that i mean do you have the time to like um, when it comes to your shop and and what you sell like if i there. see something
1: spike i will definitely go back and dig through like bulk and stuff and be like all right pull out every single one of this you can find i hope
0: it's, it's organized
1: <laughs> it's, it's really it's well definitely not. it's definitely not <laughs> but no i don't i don't there's you would have to have a person on that all the time
0: yeah
1: And um, i'm sure uh, these bigger stores definitely do have like buyers that just like source that kind of stuff um, but yeah, it's it's it'd be so much effort. And you'd have to have such a large quantity to make it worth your time. Like if I have a couple playsets that's something that's not gonna be worth it if it spikes if it doubles in price, you know what I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's just not worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I can definitely understand that. you know, again, going back to what kind of lifestyle you want to be living, mm-hmm. yeah. you know and 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 finding that balance of your lifestyle and also, being able to live, I, I completely, I can, I can understand and see. So, you know, those bigger, bigger stores that, you know, are fine with or have the resources to hire someone to solely just do that. Yep. yeah. I can, I can definitely see all that. You know, it just comes down to uh, what works for you. And I'm glad that you were able to find something that works for you guys. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, we're doing okay. Yeah. It's definitely. And I'm- we have okay. our place in the market mm-hmm. we're kind of sitting here in it and then you know we might dabble here and there but more or less we're pretty happy with what we got going on that's yeah.
0: awesome yeah yeah That that's awesome and and the fact that you guys have been able to continue to survive and thrive like that that's awesome and 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 what's interesting too is i hear um i mean even someone like myself who is has had the thought of how cool would it be to have your own lgs um It's always seen like what you're saying. It's like that solo entrepreneur, entrepreneurial like journey. But you have a business partner, and you guys can leverage y'all's experience and knowledge and expertise to and resources to really keep something afloat. Um, Yes, and it's not always easy. People undervalue.
1: It's definitely not always easy to balance that kind of stuff. Like we have meetings every week with me and my managers and my other my business partner Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: we go back and forth and on and on and on forever about whether or not something is going to be a good idea or how to go about doing something and nobody's right or wrong Mm
2: -hmm.
1: nobody knows if they're going to be right or wrong it's just we're all guessing we're trying to figure it out and we just try to argue one way or another (laughs) For, for try to,
2: position.
1: Right, but it's all for the, the good of the business. It's like it's all to to be it's all good natured.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah.
1: still it does get heated and we go back and forth. And yeah. If yeah. I was not I know, we joke about this all the time, but if I didn't own a business with my business partner, I'd hate him. He would we would not be friends. Oh. But that makes it work. That helps and we balance each other out that way. Yeah. It's to the benefit of the business that we're that way. So um, I hate him and I love him at the same time.
0: I completely understand Um, only because, you know, I have my startup that I'm working with and I have a Mm co-founder not by any means though. Do I hate him? I mean, we get along really well, but you know, we, we do, you do have like, it's a really interesting relationship that you have with your business partner, Because you want to make sure that you keep them happy, but you also want to probably almost over communicate just to make sure that you guys are on the same page and just to make sure that everyone, you know, feels heard. And then also remember, too, why you brought them on. So, for example, my co founder, who knows much more he is my cto i am not the cto he is my cto because he knows way more than i do and so when we're sitting down talking about the technology stack of the app that we're building and and how we want to build it and what technologies we'll be using behind it you know i have my own ideas of what i think might work and what i want to use and then he has his own ideas of what he thinks will work and what he would want to use and we just talk about those things but but at the end of the day when it comes to technical stuff unless I don't have anything specifically I want to die on my sword about it's his call because that's why I have him (laughs) so it's like so so I completely understand when you when you have the when you have to play that balancing act and and have to consider you know someone someone else's Like expertise and thoughts on something because the choices that we made a few months ago when it came to the project will affect us 12 months from now. It's just a matter of how those things will affect us. So, you know, there's so much to take into consideration, but at least trusting your partner's expertise and knowledge and the fact that they do care about it as much as you do, I think is really
1: key. Yeah. It's important to know that. They may be completely wrong, but they're doing it because they mean it well and for mm-hmm. the business. Yeah, mm-hmm. Zach is the, the president of our company. I'm the vice president, but we're oh. equal. Somebody, mm-hmm. has to, somebody has to be, so it's whatever. But, <laughs> uh-huh. but if that gives him a little ego boost for it to being the president, that's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that.
0: Whatever. Yeah. As long as you work well.
1: Most of the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Has there has there been anything like um like when it comes to for example buying like card fight cards, you know, placing that bet? Are did you have yeah. any big fights? Do you have big fights or not big fights, but discussions around what uh what new cards to place a bet on?
1: Always. I mean always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean what we sink money into, again, it's worried about the turnover and, you know, keep money moving. And, you know, if we put money into something, if it's going to take off or not, it's all mm-hmm. a gamble. It's all risk. It's all, you know, if we want to devote time into something like that, it's all part yeah. of that kind of balance of, will this sell fast enough to keep things profitable? Right. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's all a part of the game with deciding that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, we go back and forth sometimes. A lot of the time. But yeah, it's, again, it's finding the balance. And again, nobody's right or wrong, but it's just having that kind of input and shared knowledge helps. It goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can be blind to certain factors.
0: Seriously. (laughs) Like, bias is so big. <laughs>
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even even for myself, even thinking about, like, the bias that I have and the topics that I bring up on this podcast, like, like even going back to the conversation that we were having before about Fortnite and, you know, whether or not newer generations will, you know, get into cards or not, um, and just having those steadfast, really strong opinions and which by the way, I feel like I have um strong opinions loosely held. So I'm always open to like you know the, the pros and the cons or something or being proven wrong on something. But but even for myself, sometimes I get nervous about talking about Fortnite too much because I feel like, oh, so my bias <laughs> like my bias behind yeah. that. Yeah. And 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 you know, by no means am I like a market maker by any means am i i am so tiny compared to you know bigger accounts that can literally build markets um behind a thing but but even still like even even knowing that sometimes i'm like oh i i should probably talk about fortnite less just because i don't know
1: well i mean it's it's definitely what you have a good knowledge base in so there's Mm -hmm.
0: that yeah
1: you know if you consider yourself an expert in that so yeah why not uh, but yeah. yeah there's definitely like again you want to broaden your base to being the most inclusive possible so yeah you want to uh, at least at least touch on some other stuff every once in a while
0: yeah I, I try to and, and honestly like I, I try to take advantage of that just because part part of the reason why I started the podcast was because I wanted to talk about Pokemon stuff but sure. um, you know And I've been making it more known to, you know, my audience and my hobby buddies that I collect literally everything. Like I have a box of old season three Star Trek card collection. It's not even a game. It's not even the game. I bought it for 10 bucks at a baseball store (laughs) sometime last year, I think, actually. And because I TNG hold up let me specify it's not original star trek this is tng star trek so i had to think
1: about what that meant i was like what does that mean <laughs> okay that's how, little, that's how like, little i know about star trek but yeah I got, you. I got you
0: yeah so i just i just have like a lot of random things and so i like having random conversations on things because honestly i i love hearing about really cool and in and, and random pockets of collectibles because i will probably want to to buy it just because I find it to be really cool and like I like that brand. So, oh, why not buy some cards? <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know so. what? Everybody's like that. Nobody's all in on just one thing and nothing else. Like, that's not, doesn't exist. You know, that's, I mean, it does. Okay. Let's say it does exist. Some people just only are about Pokemon and that's it. But most of us are collectible and like to collect a lot of things. And that's why my store is able to diversifying so much and sell completely different things that still see some, you know, layers of people that are interested in both of them. Yeah. All this stuff is intertwined. All this nerdy, nerdy fun stuff. It's all layered on top of each other. And everybody likes, you know, a little bit of everything. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, Unfortunately, that means that, you know, you kind of have to be an expert to sell it and you got to be an expert in all those things. But, you know, sometimes less than less of an expert in one thing than the other <laughs> but yeah i
0: understand that you know one thing that we have not touched on is you as a collector like ever since you opened up the shop like do you oh, collect yeah. or still collect have collections like um mm-hmm.
1: nope no you don't pedal on what you meddle or don't meddle with what you pedal that's the that's the phrase mm-hmm. um you can't no, you, don't, can you it, don't you don't
0: buy off your own supply
1: yeah, don't get high off for your own supply. Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I have that Arcanine plush right there. Mm-hmm. That That's actually a gift. I didn't buy that. And I have <laughs> a couple of cards that I just bought because I think it's just stupid, dumb, cheap, and I want to hold on to them for like forever. Like I don't care. Like this, mm-hmm. this EVV Max. Oh, I think it's a cute card, and it's mm-hmm. like two bucks. So yeah, I'm gonna buy it. But um, that's all I have. That's I don't have. I don't have any other collections. Um. When I started the business, all my collection went to that, and then uh, you know, ever since then, uh, and we talked about this in uh, A Rock Red and Random Blues podcast as well. Um, I get the same satisfaction of just buying something in my store and having it in my hand, and then moving it on to somebody else. That's I'm okay with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I get the same satisfaction of just having it pass through my hands than owning it outright. And part of the fun is having something really cool and unique and maybe it might be a one of or you know, something that's cool and rare. And then connecting that item to the person that wants to hold onto it and collect it.
2: Mm-hmm. That part
1: of the process is also enjoyable to me. So I get fulfilled in that direct in that way than having an actual just personal collection. Right.
0: Right. um i mean that makes sense it it, your 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 mind isn't clouded in it either like i feel like that opens up the mind to make the decisions that you need to versus like playing a game you know playing this game in the background and i don't know maybe that's where we kind of see market manipulation when it does happen i don't know
1: um I'm sure there is some of that to it, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think to manipulate markets would have to be many times over of the kind of stuff that I'm having pass through my hands. But mm-hmm. sure. Again, talk about the big boys. There's totally that going on because mm-hmm. it's not. It's not. It's nothing to that. It's it's an item with a price tag. It's not a you know a rare item or collectible item. It's just whatever it's going for at that particular time
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and you know dan i remember dan telling me on one of the podcasts that i had him with uh, the going twice guys um they he he told me that he held the same belief too that that they were very much the same they didn't own anything they weren't collecting anything if they were in the business like they were not they did not have this thing on the side for themselves um or at least yeah, even even when they didn't own their own business cuz i think there was a time Dan told me i think there was a time where he was actually just working for a baseball shop uh, you know so he was there that's how he kind of learned the business of it um he didn't own the shop he was just working there and even then he didn't buy and sell you know on his own didn't collect on his own just because he felt like that needed water a little bit
1: yeah yeah um i think you get to a certain point where you're just like I mean, some people can balance Mm -hmm. it both, but I think for people that started a business from the ground, that's what you use to fund it in the first place is your personal stuff. So it's kind of, that all gets tossed in there. And then the business, what's yours is the business. What's the business is yours kind of thing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. 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 You get to the point where it's just not, you kinda of get the same way where it's not it's an item with a price tag and it's it's cool, but I still love a lot of aspects of Pokemon and on all this other stuff. I, 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 I get satisfaction from seeing people have fun with it and enjoy mm-hmm. it. Which is yeah a huge part of why you open a store is that that feeling, not all the monies, because that's definitely not the case. But yes, it's the community <laughs> aspect, it's the people getting together and playing. It's the, when new stuff comes out, people being excited, all that kind of stuff is, is, mm-hmm. it's huge and a yeah. big motivator for opening the store.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, you know, when you're seeing kids like open up packs for the first time, when you're seeing someone find something that they've been looking for so long for, you know, there's definitely
1: a level of satisfaction there. So, yeah. Yes. yes. That's, that's. That's the fun part. The fun part for sure.
0: I feel too that if I ever opened up my own store I'm not saying I will. But if I ever did I probably would not get anything done because I'd probably just talk to everyone about the nerdiest things and just go off. Like how, like that's how now? That's, that's cool. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. That is definitely the funnest part is is seeing people come in and, and you know, uh, talking to people again, with what, they, what they're passionate about. Part of the great part of going into a game store is being able to meet people that share the same interests as you, that may not always get the chance to talk to. You know, that, again, especially right now, when we don't see anybody like we used to, just getting out and talking to people that love whatever you're into, no matter what it is, super beneficial, super fulfilling, super validating to have people be like, you know what? I'm not so weird after all, because there's other people out there that like this too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was telling family this one day, you know. The, actually, no, this is when we were super deep into the lockdown, COVID lockdown, yeah. and and they were telling me that they just felt so bad for young people not going out, not meeting people, not seeing people. I'm like, honestly, I never felt so damn social just because they were. People that I was talking to every day on Instagram, like I've met sure, so many yeah. people in the hobby that, you know, being able to connect around a thing, being able to have these conversations have been so much fun. And there's been so many people I met that I feel like they are now genuine friends. So, I mean, it, it's, it's really great. It's really great. And, and honestly, that's probably like the easiest way to make friends because I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it's really hard to make friends as an adult. But as long as you have one topic that can anchor you guys, you can always go back to talking about Pokemon. You know, it's easy to keep friends.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, just imagine how hard it is to try to sell somebody something that you both like and then make yeah. money off of them. That's where it gets weird. Oh, when, yeah. Uh, your friend. But yeah. Um, True. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it is It is definitely uh, – it's difficult. But, yeah, having something in common helps a lot. I have I – have, Plenty of customers that I think of as friends, for sure.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. You you've got your regulars that come in, say
1: Definitely,
0: hey. Yes. They know you, like yes, they really yes. know you.
1: They will tell me to come out of the back and say, "Hey, what are you doing back there? Come out here."
0: <laughs> like, hey, I am here. Yes. Tell me hi. <laughs> that exactly. that's actually kind of awesome. Yeah, that that, I mean, on it, that that's super fulfilling. I think that's been the most fulfilling thing about doing content online it's really hard it's really tough
1: definitely it's a
0: lot of work you burn out it's happened to me a few times already um but it's been really fulfilling to meet a lot of really cool people and then and then to you know because I went to Florida in August um for that convention and I was able to meet a bunch of the people that I felt like I've known for a while now so that was amazing that was really cool that was really weird because like i i felt like i had already known them but technically i just met them for the first time you know in a, in a way in a strange way so it, it it was cool it was very cool it was awesome to meet everyone so
1: yeah i mean there's tons of guys that you know and and people in this sphere that we talk to all the time and um yeah it's it's like it's like i know them as if they were coming into my store because we talk so often mm-hmm. yeah there's there's a lot yeah. of that
0: for sure absolutely absolutely um okay so we did not do a you and pokonomics for four hours but we have been doing this for almost three hours that's that's it been three, oh
1: my god it's three hours
0: Whew. that's amazing <laughs> and we've had so many people hop on too so yeah. these guys have been so great um well i'm trying to think of if there's anything else i mean you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's probably like 11 o'clock your time. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cut this. We'll cut this at three hours because it's been a really long time. But I'll definitely, we'll have to do this again. Of for course. For
1: sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, anytime, and maybe play some you, games let you
1: let me yeah. know. You let me know. Because I am always down to talk to <laughs> yes. anybody. Anywhere. About anything. <laughs> so What well, yeah. we
0: need to do is we need to stream us playing like Magic online or something.
1: That'd be wild. That'd be cool.
0: Mhm. Yeah. I um. I I I. So one of my uh, previous guests that I had on Matt, I think you were on that stream. I think you might have been in the chat. Um. I mean, I we I was talking to him about it. So once him and I get it figured out, we'll totally do that.
1: Oh. Instead. Oh yeah yeah.
0: Mhm. Aka Aka Bog. Yes. You remember? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was so great. Um. But yeah, let's do it we'll 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 make cool. it happen somehow we'll make it stream so um but before we hop off please let everyone know how they can find you
1: well, yeah um obviously i have a youtube um it's, it's okay it's kind of popular it's a little bit it's a little, it's a...
0: <laughs> let's get him some subs guys
1: yeah yeah um and i i talk about a lot of the same kind of stuff we've already talked about so there's a lot of that um insider knowledge about owning lgs and just like the the things that come up and the stuff going on and the stuff releasing that we talk about all the time on that um obviously we have a, a store physical in kentucky these guys are all welcome to come down and check out but um you can always buy online if you're in uh north america uh cardinalgaming.com we have all like i said uh, it's all the same stuff we have in store is all on our website It's all integrated in the same system. So um, if you see anything there, it'd be nice if you uh, helped us out and shopped for anything. Some Christmas gifts, maybe. Just saying. Um, But yeah, other than that, um, if you guys ever do want to reach out just to me specifically, mason at cardinalgaming.com is my email. Anybody's welcome to write to me. And if I get a second, I will definitely respond. But yeah, always try to be accessible.
0: Guys, don't let him fool you. He's got a ton of subs on YouTube. A ton is—you've
1: uh, got, definitely... it. Right. You've what got is a it? few. You got a few.
0: 17K? You're you're almost at eighteen. We got to get you at eighteen. Okay.
1: <laughs> I got to get that geeked out collecting bump.
0: <laughs> I got no bump, <laughs> but but we'll we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Anyone who doesn't already know you, I feel like a lot of these guys know you though. I feel That's like we have like a, little a lot club. of
1: familiar familiar yeah. guys so yeah it's yeah.
0: awesome i <laughs> do you do you get a button what, what's the first button um that you get
1: oh no that's not for YouTube. a while i don't think
0: no is it
1: i think it's like 200k it might be 100K. It? Oh. i think it's a lot i think it's a lot
0: oh okay never mind i was hoping that i don't know hitting 20k or something like that oh, would God. get you a button i mean that'd be awesome
1: i'd put up in the shop and it'd be right there but yeah that
0: would be so cool
1: i don't think it's it, do yeah it. i think it's like super silly
0: Big mm. No lie. I'm not joking. Sometime next year I want to come visit you guys.
1: Yeah, or if we we'll if there's any convention we'll, we'll all go out. And hell yeah all plan on that. Yeah, That'd be cool.
0: For sure. that that'll be great. I'm here for it so <laughs> nice. but yeah, I, I do appreciate you coming on though. this has been really fun. so no we'll like I said um,
1: happy to jump on here. Um, I'm actually doing uh, a round table uh, later on. And this week too, so I'm just everywhere.
0: Just okay, everybody. cool. Who are so, you? Who are you doing it with?
1: Uh, Pokinav is finishing up his his run on uh-huh. YouTube on YouTube, so he's he's doing one more last round table. So me oh, and Jake awesome. and I think Pokey Radar is going to be on there, uh, and maybe somebody else. But yeah, is we're he
0: all... is he leaving YouTube or something? Uh,
1: that's the story. Uh, really? We'll, okay. We'll get to the nitty gritty about it if it's true or not, but. That's what he's saying. So
0: Okay. Interesting. Whoops. Yeah. But interesting. Okay.
1: I know he's, well, super really he's got a lot going on. So he's he's everywhere, so doing everything. So
0: there's it's a lot of work. So, <laughs> so, so much. So much. <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, anyways Again, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have yeah. a good night, and let me know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll do this magic game off.
1: Let's go. I'm gonna get cool. my ass kicked, but. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible, but yeah.
0: <laughs> I barely remember the
1: rules. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so, but. All right. Thanks, guys. Anyways, appreciate bye. you.
0: Bye, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> are the people that 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 are